If I told you half the things I've heard about this Jabba the Hutt, you'd probably feel something. I hear Jabba. Then wait. Hello, Blubba fans, and you are very welcome to episode 15 of Blubba the Hutt. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome and will gladly pay you the reward of 25,000. So the only thing that you can tell me is that I will find Jabba at Jabba's palace. I'm your host, Kate, and joined by my good old pal, Gary, over in Ireland. How's it going, Gary? Welcome back, Kate. Yes, it's been a little less longer, if that makes sense. <laughs> than the last time we recorded, so we're, we're happy to be back behind the mics and getting some more content out there. Yeah, well, we, we did say we hope to stick to a more sort of regular schedule, didn't we? So in this instance, it's nice to be able to, to keep to that. Absolutely. So, should we talk about our quarantines in Star Wars again? I think that went over pretty well. Yeah, we certainly can do, yeah. So maybe we can just talk about that for a little bit, and then we can move on to our topics for discussion. So have you done any interesting Star Wars quarantine things lately? The only Star Wars quarantine thing I have really done is I actually managed to get out to the the city centre for a little bit because I wanted to do some shopping. I'm putting together a swag jacket. So I'm looking... Cool. Yeah, so I have had this idea for a while that I wanted to have a, a jacket with all my Jawa patches on it for when I go to events and mm-hmm. things like that. And I never realised how hard finding a sort of brown jacket is. Mm-hmm. It, so how many do you have? How many Jawa patches? At the moment, oof, maybe a bit that, that I want to put on the jacket, maybe about 20, 25 Wow, it's a pretty good size collection. Yeah, so I, I want to make that my sort of main patch jacket. I, I do one for all for each of my costumes, so this was the, the one that I had been trying to track down, but trying to find a decent brown jacket is not easy. Mm-hmm. But thankfully, I managed to find a somewhat off-colour brown jacket that was left on a shelf mm-hmm. for so long that it looks really ratty and beaten beaten up. So my plan is... Perfect for a Jawa. Exactly. And the stitching on it is quite prominent. So it does look like mm-hmm. it's just been stitched up together. So the plan is I've actually gotten some espresso coffee dye. And I'm hoping that that will darken it slightly. It is it is an off brown jacket. So once mm-hmm. it darkens, I'm hoping it will look weathered. And that would go perfectly with the with the Jawa. Very cool. You'll have to keep us posted. I definitely will. I'm actually going to do the, the first round of dyeing tomorrow when I have some spray paint at hand as ready in case I need to, you know, do some blending or, or fill in any gaps. There you go. Perfect. So, yeah, that's been my week in quarantine, I suppose. Um, <laughs> what about you, Kate? What's been going on? Not a whole lot. <laughs> I've got 
gotten a few of the items in the mail uh, last weekend, or I guess depending on when you're listening to this, if, if you follow our social media, we did the what's in the boxes, so I had those Mandalorian-themed jewelry things, so the armor and Baby Yoda necklaces and Baby Yoda earrings. <laughs> so I was excited to get those. Um, I also posted online that I stress bought some more Star Wars stuff that I was at a craft store. And oh, there nice. was a lot of, like, random Star Wars stuff. Um, so I got some Baby Yoda magnets, and it, I think it was an Ewok, like, can cozy thing. It's pretty cute. And then just, like, um, this metal Star Wars sign thing, I guess. It's pretty cool. I still haven't figured out where I want to hang it, but... Um, that was, and then I was expecting, um, the backpack I talked about on the last episode and my order was canceled. Why? <laughs> it's very sad. I don't, I, they just said they, I think they ran out or something. Oh no. I know. So I, tr- I attempted to order on another site, but I think shipping is going to, if it does go through, it's not going to get here for a while. So, I'll keep y'all posted on that. Definitely do, uh, definitely do keep us posted. Yeah, that's that's about the main things. Those craft yes. those craft <laughs> shops are always so fun though. You never know what little nicky nacky bits yeah. you'll you'll find. There was a lot of like um signs and pictures and stuff which I wasn't really in the market for, but I got some of the smaller stuff, so that made me happy. Yeah, you can't go into those type of shops or markets without spending money. It's just not possible. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. But, yeah, so I think that about does it for our quarantines and Star Wars. Shall we continue on to the meteor discussions? <laughs> Is it my turn? Yes, go for it. Punch it, Chewy. So, we talked a little bit about it last episode, the Squadrons game coming out, but we're going to talk even more about that. So, you found some interesting little tidbits about that, so take it away, Gary. Yeah, so, since Squadrons was announced, gamers within the Star Wars realm have been having numerous conversations back and forth our, ourselves included on this one Kate about you know what we are expecting and what we might come across and the general consensus has been that the move away from microtransactions which Star Wars Squadrons is doing is a very positive step I think Battlefront 1 especially mm-hmm. Battlefront 2 relied a little too heavily on microtransactions, I don't know whether you would share that sentiment, Kate. Honestly, the second one I haven't played very much. Yeah, <laughs> it's um. But I'll take. I will trust your judgment on this one. Yeah, just regards to microtransactions, you know, having to to spend money and buying extra right. extra additions to whether it was you know up, update your character or whatever the case may be. But with Star Wars Squadrons, it is moving away from microtransactions entirely. And 
one sort of query I suppose that that we've all had was that this game has quite a low price point. I'm not sure what price it is in the the states. Kate was it listed at about forty dollars? Uh, yeah, I think so. Which is a very very low pro uh, uh, a lower price point for a game being released. Because normally it seems like they're about sixty, right? Yeah, they can be about at sixty plus at, at least exactly, and. The rationale behind that has been a little bit of a talking point as well. Is it to do with the amount of content or was there just going to be a solo campaign? Well, we now know that there is a solo campaign and there is indeed multiplayer. But in an interview with uh, Tech Radar, EA have clarified the position and Mm -hmm. the executives have essentially revealed that the scale and breadth of this game will be significantly less than the others Mm -hmm. now that's not to say that the game will be small or lacking in quantity or quality by any means but in terms of overall size it will be much, much smaller. Mm-hmm. And to, to sort of quote the, the chief financial officer to give people an idea of the understanding is that games all have different scales and most of our games right now have huge scale. We designed this game to really focus on what we heard from consumers, which is one of their greatest fantasies, and that's to be able to fly an X-Wing fighter or TIE fighter and to be in a dogfight. So... Mm-hmm. From my point of view, Kate, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it, if they are moving away from the micro transactions and, I suppose, branching out into this type of game, mm-hmm. I think the lower price point and maybe the more specific audience that's being targeted is a, is, is a sound move. I, I think it's, it's, it's a good move to, to make. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a great opportunity, too, to uh, possibly expand maybe someone in the past who wasn't willing to spend $60. Maybe they'll be like, it might just catch their attention enough to be like, well, just $40. I'll go ahead and try it. So, yeah, definitely an opportunity to widen the nets there. It is, and that was a key point that was brought up by the Chief Financial Officer as well, in that the lower price point was to allow every, essentially everybody to have access to this game. Mm-hmm. And then, like, after a while, like that game's going to be so cheap. <laughs> oh, yeah, and trading value for it is probably going to be quite good as well. Mm-hmm. Speaking personally, I think it's a smart move in in the sense that a lower price point for lower content, for a lower amount of content, is is a fair trade-off. Now, a lot of games don't always give you that, but in this instance, Mm -hmm. if that's the route that they've chosen to, to go down, and this is a change from the from the norm, you know, a breakaway to what has come before from Battlefront 1, 2, and the massive the massive success that was uh, fallen order then mm-hmm. 
it's it, it could work out quite well and from the footage that we've seen it evokes a lot of feelings of nostalgia anybody who would have played a lot of the the older star wars games I think mm-hmm. this will be a game that they Definitely. will they will enjoy and they will sink their be able to sink their teeth into. So we saw the content reveal from the trailer, but then a couple of days ago Anthony from the Star Wars show was actually given a PC to have a hands-on experience <laughs> with Squadron. In the Arc of the Covenant, no less. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. If you haven't seen the video, check it out. EA sent him this massive wooden box with everything in it. <laughs> so it was... That was pretty cool. It was a journey for him, wasn't it? Yeah. But to talk about the game itself, so it the, the images that we got to see, it was played on PC. Now, the game is obviously still a work in progress, so... We never really got, you know, the the specs that the game was running at in that specific mm-hmm. scenario. But I don't know about you, Kate. I thought it looked beautiful. Yeah, it does. Were you were you excited when you saw the, the game content or was it what you expected at all? Or... I mean, I have high expectations, so it looked pretty good to me. <laughs> It did. It, it looks fantastic, but again, we don't know what the specs were that the system was running on. So, yeah, we need to. It does look beautiful, though. It really, it really did, and it was nice to see the the different modes that were available and to get a a full view of the the cock the cockpit and everything involved with yeah. that. And if you haven't seen any of the trailers or seen any of the information regards this, essentially every craft is completely customizable. Yeah, it's super cool. That got me excited. I think that's going to be a big draw for a lot of people personally, Kate. And it's not just the externals of your fighters. It's the internals as well. Yeah, that's what's so cool because you can get like the little tchotchkes to make it personal. I think I can't, I was trying to see what some of them were. I couldn't really see up close, but I think I remember seeing there was was there like a little Ewok thing you can get. Yeah, so like for your your um, holographic display and, and things like that. That's so cool. I really do think that is a big uh, point of interest for a lot of people, and from what we've seen with the amount of customizations uh, externally, whether it's you know paint jobs, racing stripes whatever it may be there yeah. there looks to be uh, an endless amount of customization options for mm-hmm. for it and then you'll you'll get to choose like you know like a republic and a empire yes or... absolutely so there are two story modes one one dark and one light i suppose is the best way to to right. put it good guys bad guys absolutely and I suppose when you're looking at it from that point of view, Kate, that is good value for 40 bucks. True. Two unique stories within one one game. That is that is quite a decent price point, That'd I think. Cool. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, Kate, full VR mode. 
That's pretty sweet. So those of you with maybe PlayStation VR or whatever type of VR system that you use, there will be a full VR mode mm-hmm. with this game. And that's surely got to be a big draw as well, Kate. Yeah. Pretty cool. It certainly is. And just to finish, I think with moving away from the microtransactions and the lower price point, I think EA really are listening to the feedback from their customers. Yep, and that's always a good sign. It is, because let's let's be honest, as much as we loved Fallen Order and we enjoyed parts of Battlefront 1 and 2, EA have had a fair amount of criticism coming their way. Mm-hmm. Regards their handling of the Star Wars titles, so... I, they had a masterpiece with, with Jedi Fallen Order, in my opinion. So let's hope this yeah, continues the, the success that they've had with that. Mm-hmm. So, folks, if you haven't now seen... I want to go play that again. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, if you haven't seen the trailer for EA Star Wars Squadrons, do check it out on YouTube. But also, if you view the latest upload of the Star Wars show... You'll also be able to see Anthony mm-hmm. getting his hands on some, getting his hands on the the PC version and getting quite an in depth look at each of the the individual mm-hmm. modes and the gameplay in general. So definitely check it out. And that's the Star Wars show, not this week in Star Wars, because I made that mistake. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was watching this week in Star Wars and I was like, where is it? <laughs> Two different shows. But they're both good, so watch them both. But if you're looking for the gameplay footage, that is the Star Wars show. (laughs) Beautiful. Awesome. Well, shall we move along? (laughs) We 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 can move along to the enormous breaking news that we had this week. So it's Emmy season and I mean typically in the past Star Wars hasn't had too much of a presence I don't believe. I mean there's probably been some stuff like with Clone Wars and if I'm not mistaken probably m- maybe more the the more technical categories. Mhm. Um but they announced uh the nominees this week and Mandalorian is represented big time. So the first live-action Star Wars show is definitely a big success, especially in this regard. So The Mandalorian was nominated for 15 Emmys, and then we have one one Emmy for Star Wars Resistance. So were you surprised at the amount of nominations Star Wars got this time around? I was. I, I was incredibly surprised because this is the, you know, the first live action Star Wars series. It's essentially been the the flagship product for Lucasfilm for the launch of Disney Plus, you know, whatever else has been going on in the back war, in the background. The Mandalorian has been the, the one at the forefront. Mm-hmm. 
and there were a lot of points of contention regards um the Mandalorian in some ways and I'll I'll break that down a little bit more when we get to the 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 categories as well but it was an it, it was a very welcome surprise I would say yeah the, um the internet was a buzz when <laughs> these were announced and yeah I mean the internet was I think a buzz I noticed first. Oh, go ahead oh, I was going to say the internet was certainly a buzz but I think it's something that the fandom needs at the moment Kay. Mm-hmm. so we had the too. 16 and we had the 16 Emmy nominations but then to top that all off as well one thing that flew under the radar and for me it was just as big as this was the Dr. Afra winning a Glad Award. Was it it was for a comic book? It was right? the Doctor Afra comic, yes. And So it was we, like best comic. Yes, absolutely at the, the Glad Awards, the G L A A D Awards. So it's um the Glads are an LGBT media advocacy, uh, advocacy organization. And Dr. Afra is of course a member of the LGBTQ community. And we have been fans of Dr. Afra since the beginning. Have you started on the audio thing, the audiobook? I can't do audiobooks, Kay. You can't even do it for that? No, I just can't do audiobooks. <laughs> I, I, I just like I like to read a book. Yeah, well, I guess I'll have to report on that one. I haven't started it yet, but... No, you definitely will. But to me, that's just as incredible an achievement because when Dr. Aphra first came about and we were discussing the, the Vader comic series, we were enormous fans of Aphra. We described her as the female Han Solo at one point, didn't we? She is definitely a rogue. She She's a fascinating character. And if I was being honest, I think she would be one of the front runners to make the jump to live action. True, true. Maybe we'll see her come up in some of the many um, theoried <laughs> projects that are in the works. It it would be phenomenal if it did, you know. But in in closing with that point, that was just as big as the the Emmy nominations for Mando and Star Wars Resistance. So shall we break down everything, Kate? Regards the Emmy nominations and. Oh, yeah, let's go for it. So, starting with Star Wars Resistance, it was nominated for Outstanding Children's Program. Now, Star Wars Resistance, Kate, it's been a point of contention, I think, within the fandom. It it was sort of a love-hate relationship for the most part. <laughs> I never really heard a lot of hate for it, but I know for me personally, mm-hmm. I just never got past the first couple episodes. Yeah, and a lot of people aren't fans of anime, which I think was obviously a huge point for for a lot of people. But um, you know, being being nominated for an Emmy for any children's program is a huge achievement. Yeah, for sure. And and that was a series that was obviously very very personal to Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very nice to see it being recognized. I need to sit down and just watch the rest of them. <laughs> you will. You'll get there. So in breaking down the 
categories, Kate, we had quite a varied list, mm-hmm. didn't we? Everything from acting, cinematography, special effects, and so on and so forth. Right. So, do you want to call out the first one there? So, yeah, the, this is the one that caught my attention right away, too. Was okay. Outstanding Drama Series. So, that's pretty big. That's huge. Um, I never would have thought of The Mandalorian being nominated in that category. Yeah, that is, like, it's almost like its own genre. Because, I mean, it has funny parts, it has serious parts. It's definitely sci-fi, but, hey, we'll take whatever comes our way. Absolutely, I'm, I'm not quite sure what the criteria is for falling within a, a drama series, but that's a huge award to be to be nominated mm-hmm. for. Right. Following on from that sure. then is one that didn't really surprise me because I'm just a huge fan of the guy. <laughs> so next uh-huh. up we have Outstanding Character Voiceover Performance. In the Mandalorian, and this was for Chapter Eight, which was titled Redemption, and this was the one and only Taika Waititi voicing IG Eleven. The nurse droid. Oh yes. Spoiler alert! If you haven't watched it, good stuff. But and Kate, what what more what more can we say about Taika Waititi? There's not really much more you can say. <laughs> you know, we say everything that John Favreau touches turns to gold, but Taika has been mm-hmm. on an incredible run. Yeah, him too. And when the voicing they both have uh, the Midas touch. Absolutely, and when the directorial talent was announced for season one of The Mandalorian, for me it was it was Taika I was most excited for. Mm-hmm. And clearly he has done an incredible job and impressed everybody because if you didn't know, Taika is actually signed on to helm a Star Wars movie. Alright, should we go on to the next award? Chapter Chapter 8 Redemption was, was quite a favour of the, the critics it seems, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. So what do we have, Kate? So we got Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series. So, like you said, it's for Chapter 8, Redemption, for Giancarlo Esposito as Moff Gideon. So, another really, really good performance there. I'm sure the Darksaber just put all those voters over the edge. <laughs> and he's also hinted at a much larger role for the Moff in Season 2. Hmm. So. Interesting. Season 2 will have Moff Gideon, no doubt, as a central access point mm-hmm. of the series, which, if we get more Darksaber and more references to whether it be Clone Wars, whether it be Rebels, bring it on. Yep. I think that's what kind of where it's going to head. Now, this is the next two K, which... Mm-hmm. I think we need to discuss in a little bit more um, detail. Okay. So, running through um, both of these nominations first, it's Outstanding Production Design for a Narrative Program, 
in the half hour mm-hmm. category and then outstanding cinematography for a single camera series also listed for half an hour um production now mm-hmm. the one thing the one reason i bring this up kate is this has been something that i have talked about quite regularly with friends and i wanted to get your take on it there was a lot mm-hmm. of talk back and forth about whether a half an hour per episode was sufficient for the mandalorian Mm-hmm. and I know there are a lot of people who say episodes should be longer I, I, I'm i one of those who think it should be 45 minutes an hour per episode I, I don't like it only being a, a half an hour mm-hmm. but you would have to say based on these two nominations the decision to pack so much into a half hour has been deemed an overwhelming success yeah. What are your feelings on those two I, nominations? Personally, like I don't use I don't mind the shorter ones if they have good narrative, which obviously if it's getting you know nominated for that it does. But I tend to have a um, short attention span, so sometimes when the episodes are longer it just uh, feels like they drag too much for me and sometimes it's harder to watch. Mm-hmm. So you are a fan of the, the current setup being half an hour long? Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. No. That said, if they if they were longer, but they held my interest in everything like that, I'm sure I would be fine with that as well. Yeah, it, it just, from, from my personal point of view, it seems like a lot to fit into to a half an hour. Yeah. But we should also, we should also cl- clarify, Kate, that the outstanding production design for a narrative program it's for chapter one so the first episode and then the outstanding Mm -hmm. cinematography for a single camera series was for uh, chapter seven the reckoning interesting it's kind of interesting that a lot of the different episodes are getting nominated so it's kind of just like an overall effort so that's pretty cool certainly is and the next one is probably the one that's least surprising for for us I would say <laughs> it is outstanding fantasy and sci-fi costumes yep and obviously it was Star Wars like that's pretty much a given and honing in then Kate on the episode chapter 3 the sin yep I mean, we only have to look at the the detailing of of the costumes. Everything from the different Mando costumes we see, you know, whether it's the the heavy artillery Mando, our own Mm -hmm. Mando switching from his armour to the Beskar. Yep. And, of course, the armour. Yes, that's such a great costume. And... Giancarlo Esposito's costume was beautiful as well. The Moff Gideon costume was outstanding. Mm-hmm. I know I'm heavily, I know I'm heavily biased because I am a Thai pilot, but you know. <laughs> yep. Next up, Kay. So, this category we have outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series. 
So this one goes for chapter two, The Child. Uh, chapter four, Sanctuary. And chapter eight, Redemption. A lot of love for redemption, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, that was a pretty spectacular episode. So, well deserved. So next up we have Outstanding Prosthetic Makeup for a Series, Limited Series, Movie, or Special. So, The Mandalorian, Chapter 6, The Prisoner. So, there's tons of the different makeup artists and everything, so... That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, especially considering that was a pretty contentious episode. Yeah. That's true, that's probably one of the most... Divisive episodes of the entire series. Shall we move on to the next category? Yep, so the next category then is Outstanding Music Composition for a Series with an Original Dramatic Score. And again, Chapter 8, Redemption. (laughs) Yep. The soundtrack has a very distinct and uh, unique sound, so that's pretty cool. Very much a sort of uh, Western gunslinger-style feel, which, you know, suits the, the tonality of the series very well. Yep. Lots of flute and, yeah, that Old West field, which I am very familiar with down in Arizona here. And it's not it's no surprise for sound editing being a, a nomination for ILM, is it really? Nah. It's, it's cool just seeing all the names listed, because sometimes when you're in the middle of watching this beautiful show, you forget all the individuals who help make it happen. Yeah, it's you never see the um the numbers. Mm-hmm. So with these two, Kate, then they go hand in hand. This is outstanding mm-hmm. sound editing, and then separately, it's outstanding sound mixing for a comedy or drama series for half hour. Mm-hmm. So for outstanding sound editing is chapter one, and sound mixing then is chapter two. Interesting. So I always, I always thought like sound editing and mixing was pretty interesting. Just, you know, like the Foley artists and that kind of thing. How they can manufacture basically different sounds so that they sound like what we think they should sound like on the show. It's a very fascinating field. It is indeed. But again, as we say, it's no surprise with ILM being nominated for, right. for this. For sure. And then... I think if ever there was a nomination that was absolutely nailed on Kate for The (laughs) Mandalorian, it would surely be this one. So, outstanding special visual effects for Chapter 2, The Child. So, I'm sure Baby Yoda heavily factored into this one. I can imagine imagine it is just Baby Yoda. (laughs) (laughs) Is Baby Yoda going to walk on the stage and accept the award for this one? Well, wasn't there a comment that we might see Baby Yoda in a tux? What? Yeah, if go go, awesome. go go back up your article there. <laughs> it actually says it up above that we can't wait to see Baby Yoda in his tux. Oh, there you go. No, but I mean, there were so... There were, there were so many spectacular visual effects, I mean... The, yeah. Everything from the 
Mandalor- Mandalorian aerial battles to the the Blorgs. Yes. And for, for me, the Sugar. one. Th- for me, the one thing that topped it off was the TIE fighter landing with Moff Gideon. Mm. Yeah, so much good stuff there. There was, and if people haven't seen the Mandalorian documentary series on Disney+, Plus, there is an episode specifically voted to the visual effects of the show. Very cool. And it was my favourite episode of them all. Nice. If people haven't gotten a chance to watch it, do because it really and truly will blow your mind. Very awesome. So one more category, and it's a pretty interesting one too. So this category is outstanding stunt coordination for a drama series, limited series, or movie. So this is this is specifically for Ryan Watson, who is the stunt coordinator. So you can only imagine all the amazing stunts that go into a show like this. I was super happy when Ryan Watson was brought on to coordinate the stunts of The Mandalorian because this guy's CV reads like you just wouldn't believe. Are you familiar with the name, Kay? Um, What are some of the things he's done? So we'll bring up a full list here so we can give people a full range of what he has done. <laughs> Wonder Woman. We should try to get him on the show. Oh yeah. Wonder Woman. Batman vs. Nice. Superman. 300. Man of Steel. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Underworld Evolution. And V for Vendetta. Amongst a whole other bunch of, of things. So, Emmys will be on on September 20th. So, we got a little ways to find out. But how how many do you think The Mandalorian will end up winning? Let's make some guesses here. Shall we make some guesses for fun? Sure, why not? Okay, so I am going to go for... The outstanding guest actor in Giancarlo Esposito. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a placeholder on the outstanding cinematography. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to go with the sound mixing for chapter two. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my prediction overall is three to six. Okay, that's fair. I think we'll definitely get some wins here. <laughs> Can you imagine if it, if there's none, there's going to be like outrage in the streets. I do think there definitely will be um, potentially a couple of wins. It's just the, um, you know, the, the competition is fierce. True. The outstanding drama series reads like a who's who. You know, we're nominated alongside <laughs> Ozark, Stranger Things, Killing Eve, The Handmaid's Tale, Better Called Saul, The Crown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a pretty tough category to win. It most certainly will. And the... What was the other category I was looking at and going, wow, that is um, that is an incredible amount of talent. It is the... Oh, if I can find it now, it seems to have vanished. I really hope 
Outstanding Fantasy Sci-Fi Costumes wins one, because, come on, Star Wars and costumes. I think that one probably has a pretty good chance. Oh, I think costumes has an incredible chance. Prosthetic makeup. And, like, the sound ones. Like Yeah, I think the sound, I think the sound is the... Is the gold standard for us? I mean, it's it's synonymous with ILM, so. Yeah, but I mean, I was gonna. My initial guess was just gonna be like half of, around half. So. So I guess with if you count resistance, so I'll go like, six to eight. I think they'll win. Okay. Yeah. I I'm think I'm thinking um three to six. Now, we could be totally surprised. <laughs> In a lot of those, mm-hmm. but I think um, just with some of the the series and the drama category that we're up against, up against, you know, they've been running for a long time and they have a, an incredible following, yeah, a very loyal following. But um, hey, if if we were, if we were to win all sixteen, I I would be delighted. And then, so that's in September, and then october is when season two is supposed to drop so that'll be a good boost going into season two i i think we'll get a trailer pretty soon yeah there's seems to be rumbles of a trailer yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised maybe around september time for a trailer maybe about maybe the end of this month when celebration was supposed to be that's that's a very likely point or what if the night of the emmys it drops That'd be cool. You know, it it is another... I think I might have to live tweet the Emmys this year. <laughs> With the time difference, it'll, it won't be me. <laughs> You'll be sleeping soundly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the pro of having two podcasters eight hours apart. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we always have our, our finger on the button, don't we? Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I think we have to, in closing, Kate, though, just say, you know, enormous credit to Disney, Lucasfilm, and everyone else involved. Yeah, con- big congratulations to everybody. And especially to Jean Favre, Dave Filoni, and everybody at ILM and Skywalker Sound. I mean, the work they've done on The Mandalorian has just been... It's been sensational. It's just been such a smashing success with this first live action series. So I think that's definitely going to be the future of Star Wars in the in the immediate future and possibly even you know further down in the future. There's supposed to be a lot of shows. There's still talk of a Rebels follow-up, isn't there? That won't go away. Right. Yeah. So I think we'll be getting more news about shows coming up. And then, of course, we have, like, Kenobi coming when... I don't know when that's supposed to be released. Um, And the Cassian show. Those ones are confirmed. Absolutely. But it sounds like we'll probably be getting a lot. Oh, and then... Uh, Bad Batch was confirmed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I still think we're nailed on for a Disney Plus Star Wars movie. Yeah, that would be cool. Solely released. I'm all for that. I still think we need, like, a Pixar-style droids movie. It's it's very possible, That's, isn't it? It'd be so cute. <laughs> the original first slated release 
for the 16th of December 2022 is now the 22nd of December 2023. Ah, it seems like so long. Yeah, the second slated release date of the 20th of December 2024 is now the 19th of the 11th 2025, or that might be the, the 19th of the 12th, I think should be. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the original slated release date for the 18th of the 12th, 2026, is the 17th of the 12th, 2027. Goodness. <laughs> so yeah, in the next three years, we got Disney Plus to keep us tidied over. We do, and as I said, I still maintain that we will get a, a straight-to-Disney Plus Star Wars movie. I'd say that's very likely. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So, Kate, one actual final point to make. This Sunday, there is a very, very special live stream going down on Facebook. Our two, oh, really? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to bring back memories of... Uh, nostalgic memories for us here, Kate, from Cantina in London. Nice. <coughs> Our good friends, Blues Harvest, are partnering with Dart Elvis for a collaboration. Very awesome. They will be doing a live stream and they will be releasing some new songs in celebration of the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. Very awesome. So again, if you are Those guys are a lot of fun. Those guys are a lot of fun. And if you aren't familiar with the names Dark Elvis and Blues Harvest, they are two incredible bands who we are very, very lucky to have grown close with over the years. And they are joining forces for two brand new videos in celebration of the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. Obviously, Kate, this episode won't be uploaded by the time this goes down, but we (laughs) will have shared it on our social media and it will no doubt be an an enormous success. So to our friends at Blues Harvest and Dart Elvis, we can't wait to see what you bring. And Yeah, this it's August now, but, you know, all of July, I was pretty nostalgic about that summer of 2016 trip it was a lot of fun just going to ireland and then star wars celebration and then we had the cantina thing it was a great memory to get us through this hard time (laughs) I, i i can't add anything to that kate you've just nailed it completely so now shall we start winding down absolutely cut the channel red two all right so everybody keep on Star Wars in. We'll get through this together. <laughs> Make sure you're following us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Just type in at Blob of the Hut for the big three. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if you want to send us an email, you can do that at blobofthehut at gmail.com If you want to just say hi, got a question for us, our ears are open. Anything to add, Gary? And if anybody is listening in on Anchor, please send us a voice message if you have any questions or anything you'd like us to cover. We still haven't had anyone use that feature just yet. We need to do a contest or something, maybe to 
incentivize. Is that a word? Am I making up words again? We'll call it. We'll call it a word. It's it's probably another Kateism, but we'll we'll call it a word. <laughs> Maybe we'll have to come up with something like that. Give a prize if people give us their voice. Absolutely. <laughs> now I sound like Ursula from <laughs> Little Mermaid. Give me your voice. <laughs> And on that note, <laughs> we gotta at least have like one other fandom mentioned every episode, right? And you chose Ariel the Little Mermaid. <laughs> hey, why not? So, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. Do you have another good quote for us to end on, Gary? <laughs> You're so good with those. There's only one thing we could end on, Kate. This, this is, is the, the way. way.